Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, today on the podcast, we are going to talk about connecting with our bodies and pleasure. Doesn't that sound fabulous? <laughs> Don't we all want a bit more pleasure in our lives? Well, I know I do. Actually, I'm pretty good, but you can always have more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have two very special people with me today in the studio. I have my favorite, Dr. Emily Ford, who will be co-hosting with me today. And special guest, Abby Herrick, the founder of Pleasure and Peach. Hey, girls, how are you going? Good. Good. So good to have you here. Hey, Mel. So happy to be back. I love having you in the studio, Dr. M. We've done some good stuff around... Menopause, perimenopause, fertility, fertility, apps. Love it. And I have so much more to say. (laughs) (laughs) We can have you in many times. I love it. I love it. Well, it's funny because all my friends right now are going, are you experiencing any menopause symptoms? And I'm like, actually, I'm not too bad. But I've I've heard a lot of um, women have um, been Mm -hmm. told, my friends have been talking about that. And I'm like, I'm all over that. Yeah. I'm all over that from you and Dr. Roger and... Um, That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who may not have heard Dr. M before on Hey Soul Sister, Dr. Emily Ford, or Dr. M as I love to call her, is a researcher and academic at the University of Newcastle whose passion is to make sure that we all have access to the best information to make the right choices for our reproductive health and life, health and life plans. She's currently working with a team of scientists and educators, sexual health organisations, adolescents, and recent school leavers to find out the best way to provide information about reproductive health and fertility to young people. How's that going? Oh, it's so hopeful. Um, a lot of my time I work with people my age or older and now I'm working with young people and they just have this totally different understanding of what sexual health is. They're really open to learning more and they just love talking about it. So it gives me a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, it's quite different, I guess, from when I was in high school. It was all a bit embarrassing to talk about any of that. And I mean, who are the teachers that are teaching them? They might think it's embarrassing too. And so all of these young people have a lot of thoughts and they've shared their experience with me and and they know exactly what they want. It's just, how do they get that? And, and that's what I'm trying to provide for them. Oh, I love that. You're doing good work in the world, my friend. And so we also have Abby Herrick here, our special guest. And so Abby is a qualified sex educator and a passionate advocate for normalizing pleasure. She has a Bachelor of Psychological Science with a focus on sexology. And like so many of us, Abby is someone who grew up feeling shame and stigma around her body and pleasure and so founded Pleasure and Peach. Hey, Abby. I did. Hello. So Pleasure and Peach. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. I started Pleasure and Peach after I finished my degree in psychology and I wanted to do this because, you know, my own lived experience growing up with little to no sex education, feeling shame and stigma around pleasure and masturbation, not knowing how to communicate my desires to partners. So just, you know, not having, not living the kind of pleasure-filled life, I think, all women deserve and also my degree kind of informed all of that then after my degree I had my first daughter and I just wanted to help create something that was gonna make a better future for women now and her generation yeah so what is sexology 
Sexology is the scientific study of human sexuality, so our sexual behaviours, interests and functions. Hmm. There you go. I actually hadn't heard of sexology before. There you go. So many ologies in the world. Now. <laughs> a lot of ologies. <laughs> ologies and isms. <laughs> I love it. So, so tell us, why do women come to you? What so, are some of the key and what are some of the key reasons? Yeah. So I have a lot of women and non-binary Volvo owners will get in touch through um, our website. So we have a really carefully curated online store with body safe pleasure products and lubricants and literature. So a lot of women um, that get in touch through there, they're really wanting to explore their body and explore pleasure, but have never really been, I guess, had permission or never understood their body and how to experience pleasure because none of us are taught about our anatomy like our pleasure anatomy like the clitoris and so I think a lot of women and non-binary vulva owners come to me for that information in a safe and accessible uplifting space and what I love about that is that it's not just an online store because I don't know how many people have this experience where if you go to a sex toy website, there's a million pages of a million things and you don't know what you would like, like what would suit you, um, what you actually use it for. And so that's what I love about Pleasure and Peach is that it really has like a guide to, to like getting to know yourself. Do you know what I love is that when I was in my 20s, like, if we wanted to get a vibrator, myself and a girlfriend would go into Naughty and Nice over <laughs> at Hamilton or somewhere. And it's like, you know, or a sex shop like that. And you kind of go in and it's like, I don't really know what to do. And there's just someone standing behind the counter and you're kind of so embarrassed to walk yeah. in. And there's just pornos mm, everywhere. Mm. And then you're kind of like... Oh God, there's, what are they? Oh shit, what's a cock ring? <laughs> but like, you don't feel comfortable to ask. No. Like, how can you choose? Because you don't feel comfortable to ask. And there's so much like male gaze imagery in those mm. traditional adult stores where it doesn't kind of feel like it's for you. Oh, do you know? Absolutely. And it is. So you like whisper. And then there's like some creepy guy over in the corner who came in the back entrance, you know, like, yes. and it kind of like, this all feels really weird. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you have to treat it as like, I'm really shy and embarrassed, or this is a hilarious joke when it's like actually things that we want and things that we like in our life. So definitely should not be that way. Exactly. Yep. And that was like a huge inspiration too, is because in my early twenties, I was relearning my body and I found vibrators and pleasure products to be so empowering and they changed my life. But I hated that the shopping experience was so negative for women and so embarrassing or shameful. There was so much taboo for women to go into a sex store because it's, yeah, it's not made, it doesn't feel made for us, that experience. And I wanted to showcase pleasure products in the light that they deserve you know Mm. yeah i'm working with young people as i said and and one of the things they say they want is to learn about pleasure or they think that pleasure is an important part of their sex ed because the way it's taught a lot of the time in schools is we have sex to have a baby and nothing else is taught and so but they know people don't have sex only for babies they see tv 
how many songs are about sex for pleasure and yet they're not really given the tools to understand that and they really want to do that but a lot of them say i wouldn't want my teacher telling me how to enjoy my sex life (laughs) yeah i seriously learned about pleasure the clitoris and orgasms from the sealed section in cosmo and dolly and dolly like honestly that's what i remember getting it and like dolly and and cosmo cosmo was probably a little bit more adult yeah and opening the sealed section and literally reading about yeah about your clitoris about orgasms about blowjobs and the end but you know what else i read i remember once reading uh, like one of the sealed section articles and it was actually it was really cool because it was talking about um what men um so, so it was about how, how it was the, the whole women and shame, you know, how we're mm. shame, we, we get ashamed and embarrassed of, of our body. But actually it was all these little comments from all these men just going, and not that it's all about what men think, but it was like, you know, this guy, for example, would be like, oh, do you know what? I don't, you know, when I'm with my girlfriend, I just love the smell of her. And mm. I just, you know, and it was all these beautiful things that, that these um, boyfriends loved about their girlfriends and not one of them were like, um, critical and I remember there's been times in my life when I've been with a man and I've thought you know you might start to get a bit embarrassed or whatever and you know oh my god I hope my butt doesn't look too big blah blah blah, blah. and I go no I think about the article where the guy go oh do you know what just when I'm with her I don't even think about I'm just mm. like enjoying the essence of being with her yes mm. yeah anyway it's always that's always stuck with me actually the writers of the dolly sealed section dr kang um she wrote a book i think recently but yeah dr melissa kang has done so much for young people in this country because what a a lot of what she says is that it's young girls looking for approval that they're not weird and mm. you know there's discharge and is something wrong with me and and all of these experiences are just totally normal parts of life and you're not weird and there's nothing wrong with you and they just really need that validation let's get soulful on social media search the sister code facebook page and follow us on instagram tell us abby when women come to you why do you think it is that sometimes they might feel embarrassed or shameful of their bodies and enjoying pleasure? Mm. I think we grow up in a society where we're taught that from a very early age of beauty standards and how a woman is supposed to look and how a woman, a good woman, is supposed to act. And I think a lot of it stems from there and it doesn't I think that also that image is for men, you know, women are supposed to be desired by men rather than be that active participant, I guess, in sex or desire sex themselves. So I think there's a lot of shame that gets put on women when they do want to receive pleasure and play an active role in sex. Yeah. And I guess traditionally, I mean, you look at some Muslim African nations and they they're still talking about genital mutilation, which is actually de- to deny pleasure. Pleasure. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, pleasure and a fulfilling sex life is a human right. So we all have that right to, you know, in experience that sexual well-being and, you know, to be denied that or to pretend that it doesn't exist or it finishes when um, a penis ejaculates is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's so I love important. you said that. I've never thought about it like that. It's a human right. It is. It yep. actually is. 
Oh, okay. It, it really is, is a human right. It is a human right. <laughs> it actually is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I got you back, sister. We talked to the women there about their human rights and that they have a right to safety and to a right to a life free from um, violence. And there, now we can add that one to yeah, it. <laughs> it's, the World, it's the World Health Organization. A, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, that's where it is. Yeah, It is the World Health Organization and yeah. it's part of reproductive and sexual well-being. Mm. So it's all part of the same thing. And that relates back to intimate partner violence because you need to be safe in your relationship. And that's part of having a good sexual well-being is having a good partner. And it's also having a satisfying sex life, whether that be partnered or on your own. So, yeah, we're all entitled to that. Mm-hmm. I love you girls. I'm learning all these new things. It's amazing. I'm 48. <laughs> Never deny yourself pleasure because you're, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, one of the things that I was reading on your website, Abby, was around the, the whole idea, which is I hadn't, I hadn't thought too much about this again. I've probably been quite lucky in terms of um, sexual partners, but you were talking about how quite often as women that we can prioritize our partner's pleasure over our own yeah 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 and i think again that ties back into in our society women are often taught to serve men and that men are sexual beings and women aren't which isn't true we're all sexual beings um and so often yeah we will prioritize our partner's pleasure over our own and i think education is really important for everyone for men and women from the start to learn about all sexes and genders are sexual beings and everyone's pleasure centers. It's not just about the penis and penetration. I'm going to say this, I'm going to share this out and and, uh, this isn't necessarily around pleasure. It's around sex, I guess, but it kind of comes back to that whole, you know, we're kind of taught as we're growing up to be good girls, to be nice girls, to be clean girls, be virginal girls. You know, I remember when, um, my my mum discovered that I lost my virginity and I was 16. I think that's a pretty good age. 16 is a good age. And actually, I, I don't even know what a good age is, but I felt good about it. I felt good at 16. <laughs> that's what matters. That's yeah. what, I felt good about it. I'm not, yeah, I've actually got no right or wrong, but I felt good about 16. And um, she cried mm. when she found out. Oh, because she was sad. She got really angry at me. She was really angry. And how did you feel about that? I felt, uh, do you know what? I was I was a little bit like, I, I, I was I was kind of shocked. I was shocked that she was so emotional about it because I wasn't mm. emotional about it. She was angry and cried. What, yeah. what do you think, when would have been a good time for her, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I don't know because we, never, we didn't have that discussion. And that's the yeah. problem. We didn't have that, that discussion. Yeah, you didn't have a discussion and yet you've gone against what? Was her secret or unspoken intention for you without actually talking about that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so coming back to the pleasure question. So what's pleasure equality? Because I that was something else I read on your website. I'd never heard of that, pleasure yeah. equality. Yeah. So there's a lot of pleasure inequality in the world. There is a well-documented phenomenon called the orgasm gap, and that is specifically in heterosexual couples where – Men are having disproportionately <laughs> disproportionately <laughs> more, more orgasms during a sexual encounter than their female partners. And there's lots of reasons for the orgasm gap from, you know, our focus, over-focus on penetration being the most important or the most defining part of sex, yeah. which isn't true, but that's what our culture 
perpetuates in porn and, you know, on TV and all those kind of things. Another big reason for the gap is our lack of sex education. You know, men and or boys and girls aren't taught about the clitoris, neither yeah. side. So how um, is a woman supposed to grow up and say, hey, can you please touch my clitoris? Because that's what feels good. If she doesn't know she has a clitoris yes. and how is a man supposed to know to stimulate a clitoris if he doesn't know about that either? Yeah. So this is why Edge, I'm so passionate about education and women and non-binary vulva owners understanding their bodies and their pleasure centers and having the confidence to communicate what they want with a partner to close the pleasure gap so that we have pleasure equality so that women and men and everybody can feel entitled to their pleasure and to communicate their wants and needs with their partner. Yeah. And I definitely think navigating those conversations is the part that really falls down. Like even talking about, you know, the boundaries between what is sex to me and what is not sex to me and having Mm. that conversation with someone who's your partner, a potential partner, you know, it can lead to so many different areas where we might not feel comfortable. Our boundaries might be crossed and they're all really part of the same thing. And it's about negotiating what you want and, and what they want and just finding that, that really, that part where they meet in the middle. So I've got um, four kids. Three of them are lovely stepkids and one biological child. And they're all in their 20s. And I must admit, I have thought in the past wonder if I should talk to my biological son because it probably wouldn't be appropriate for me to talk to my stepkids. I might upset people. But um, mm. <laughs> I, um, I've i thought about whether I should talk to my son and go – I literally have thought this guy, I wonder if, if he knows what you know what's going on down there and whether I should have a chat with him. Mm. But it's when I'm like going, I don't know if that – I think he'd tell me to get stuffed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I actually do. I've, like, I've thought that and I'm like, now we've just had that little conversation. I'm like, mm. maybe I should try and broach the subject with him. I don't know how that would go. Maybe don't cry if he says he's lost his virginity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he, he, he told me about when he lost it. That's fine. I, it, it was, um, I was probably the opposite, quite open yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. In my experience, like just reaching out is a really important thing and they might recoil and be like oh no cringe no i don't want to talk about that but they know like you're there and you're open to that and if they ever need anything they can come and i feel like sometimes there's a bit of a like shock yeah and then it's like well I, maybe i will because i actually do have a question about mm-hmm. female anatomy for example yeah so yeah i think it's just about having a re- being a receptive open person for that conversation and letting your kids know that For anyone listening, a really good resource if you're wanting to talk to your kids about sex, um, because I think a lot of parents have that intention. They want their children to grow up as sex positive people and understand their bodies and and their partners, their future partners' bodies. There's a really great Instagram page called at sex positive families, and they have so many wonderful resources for how to talk to your kids all age appropriate steps of how to broach the subjects with your kids well unfortunately they don't have the sealed section in cosmo anymore i don't think cosmo even exists so i couldn't even just leave that strategically Mm. (laughs) (laughs) on his bed (laughs) want to fill your soul with more go to the sisterco.com you touched on something before orgasms yes yes so we talk about orgasms and fake orgasms and we joke about faking orgasms. Mm. 
But is there a high proportion of people, what are the stats around fake orgasms? So in a study by Dr. Laurie Mintz, she found that over 70% of women had faked at least one orgasm in their lifetime, which is huge. Yeah. Um, And for lots of reasons, they report either um, they felt... Uh, like they weren't normal they felt something was wrong with them because they couldn't orgasm from penetration alone which isn't unusual at all we Mm. need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm but because they don't have the education they think something's wrong with them so they fake it to look normal to stroke their partner's ego so often again women and girls are taught to prioritize their partner's pleasure like we touched on before so performative sex i like that performative sex yeah Mm. so performing sex rather than experiencing sex and the third another reason was given was to end sex to finish it and that's you know without having to say i want to stop so it's there's a lot of kind of problematic reasons why women feel like they need to fake an orgasm and it's happening a lot yeah I faked falling asleep during sex once because oh. I wanted it to end. <laughs> I think that's worse. That instead of faking an orgasm, you're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> because I was with this dude. It was when I was in my 20s. I was with this dude and he was like, I'm like a machine. I can go all night. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, and in my head, I'm like, please don't go all night. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pretend to fall asleep. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I know. It's about, it's about quality, not quantity of time. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Such a guy thing. Oh, I'm like a machine. I can go all night. Oh, my oh. God. Don't. That's, what, that's part of the problem of like, boys and everyone watching porn for their education because they think that's what you want to hear or they think that's what's expected of them yeah it's like no who has the time honestly no one has the time absolutely i definitely used to fake orgasms and i was partnered the whole time i would do that and now i'm single i have no f's to give so they'll always obviously i didn't orgasm and they'll say did you orgasm no (laughs) yes no yeah. Well, I <laughs> try harder. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's important. It's important to normalize, to have that conversation. Because I got with, I'm married now and I've been with my husband for 13 years. Um, so when we got together, I was 18 and he was 20. So we were the blind leading mm. the blind. Yeah. Yes. This is before my yeah. sexual education enlightenment, right? Yeah. So my husband has come on this sexual empowerment journey with me because when we first got together for the first couple of years, I faked orgasms all the time. Mm. And we have gone through the journey of, um, okay, I've faked this many orgasms. I feel like I have to fake orgasms for the rest of my life now because I'm in a long-term relationship. Mm. How am I going to... Yeah. Stop faking because it is exhausting to have sex with your partner and fake every time. Well, then I imagine you probably just don't want to do it. Mm. Well, like it was like I could I could have like some orgasms depending on what we were doing. It's when it was penetration mm. alone and I thought I had the expectation of having to orgasm. And yeah, it, I had to go on that journey of like having the conversation and being honest with my husband and we did, and it was amazing. And it's something I talk to women about in my workshops of how to have these conversations because I think a lot of women are in long-term relationships and they don't know how to 
have the conversation to stop faking orgasms. So it's one of the things I talk about, you know, my tips and tricks for getting through that. And it has transformed my sex life, obviously. (laughs) Authentic pleasure is so powerful. It's so powerful when you can experience sex and not perform sex. Yeah. I definitely think so many people, um, you know, if you're heterosexual, you're straight, you don't really think of yourself as having a sexuality you think you know i love my partner who i've been with forever especially if you've been together from very young and you don't really i think a lot of people they don't understand their sexuality and it's not just who you're attracted to it's really what you want and what you like in your experiences sexually and i just think so many people deprive themselves of that because they don't have the tools to understand what it is they're missing out on and you know oh, i just i love him so i'm really happy with whatever and it's like well you can actually have both at the same time have your cake and eat it too mm, absolutely now do you get more older women younger women that come to you in your workshops workshops are a real mix which i love I love. We have had women between 18 to one fabulous woman who was in her 80s. Wow. She was amazing. A wealth of knowledge for everyone. She was listening to her experience experiences. And I love that women of all ages attend workshops because they all bring a different story and a different perspective. And I think it's really special having women of across generations in one room yeah sharing in that learning do you ever get women that actually are quite embarrassed and you know kind of just sit there more watch and as opposed to engage so that's okay yes a lot of a bit a lot of women will come to a workshop and they start like that I've had one woman who came to one and she it was a test workshop right when I was starting and um the invitation which I, the organiser had sent out, not myself, didn't explain the workshop properly what it was. So she got there and she was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be here. And I was like, that's fine. You do whatever you like to do. Anyway, we started and everyone opened up. It's it's a beautiful, really beautiful experience connecting with women. And then she shared this piece of information Sorry, I get emotional about it, actually. No, it's beautiful. Something that she never felt comfortable telling anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. And at the end, she said, I'm so glad I didn't read that invitation. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, if I read that invitation correctly, I wouldn't have come today. And she said, you've changed my life. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Sorry, everyone. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Good on you. Do you know what? Isn't that beautiful to think that you have changed somebody's view or experience of sex in life? Yeah. It's just very powerful. Yeah. Mm. It definitely takes us away from those, you know, sex shop vibes because what I love, because I've been to one of Abby's workshops, it is really put as much into it as you feel comfortable with and she creates this comfortable space where you really can talk about things and you can taste the lube and <laughs> <laughs> you know you you just feel like you're able to go there because it is a safe space you can ask the questions and you do share those experiences so yeah, yeah. it's great it is it's nice to have people 
that, yeah, are very reserved at the start, but come out of their shells by the end. It's very, very special. Okay, Soul Sisters, so if you would like any further information or you would like to um, reach out to Abby, enroll in one of her workshops or even just get some information and advice around mm. pleasure and products and things, how can people reach you, Abby? So you can visit our website at www.pleasureandpeach.com.au. You can follow us on Instagram at pleasure underscore and underscore peach or send me an email at info at pleasureandpeach.com.au. Thank you so much, Abby. Dr. M, are you looking for more people to connect with, with with your research and your work? I actually am. So I'm part of this program with the CSIRO where we're having conversations with people who work anything to do with sexual health, education, working with young people, anyone in this space, and really, really just want to hear, well, what do you think the problems are and, and get a real idea of the land so even if you're a parent of teenagers i would love to speak to you about you know how you feel with these conversations and situations and i recently got an instagram a public instagram so people can contact me through there as well as my twitter they both have the same username which is at emma ulema which is e-m-m-a-o-o L-E-M-M-A. <laughs> ulema is the name of the outside layer of the egg Oh. Um, and so, because I'm a reproductive scientist, I thought it rhymes. So, I like, I that. like that. I love it. I'm a reproductive scientist. I love it. <laughs> you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm quite Googleable. So, you can get my email address by putting my full name on Google. Yeah. Follow Dr. M on Instagram because she has the most interesting videos of her creativity. <laughs> I love it. Love watching the things that you create on there. Thank you. Do you know what? It always reminds me. It's like. I just, sometimes you just need, because I can get all quite serious about Got Your Back Sister. It's like, no, sometimes you need those beautiful creative outlets to bring enjoy into your life just because. Mm. I love it. Thank you so much, fabulous ladies, uh, for coming in and sharing all that wisdom and knowledge and having a bit of fun talking sex. It's been great to chat. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, sisters. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.